the Arab American Cafe is a podcast by Arab Americans about America and Arabs everywhere. Hosted by Hassan and Mohanad, along with friends and cafe patrons. This is part two of the conversation with Mr. Hassan Jaber. Nabil and Hassan will address with Mr. Jaber the questions surrounding the efforts to establish a MENA category in the U.S. Census. We'll go over some of the challenges and the ambitions facing the Arab American community and our role as Arab Americans in the debates on social justice issues. And finally, talk about access as a model Arab American organization. Let's join the conversation. You started um, something very important, with, uh, which is uh, which is our numbers. And uh, yeah. we honestly guesstimate our numbers. We don't mm-hmm. know our numbers. And I know that you've been involved with the U.S. Census National Committee Advisory Board on Race and Ethnicity. We almost became a minority. And we I got it. We actually got it. Can we you tell us a... the story? Because you've been part of that story. And, and this is something that I'm I continue to be extremely frustrated because, you know, uh, Helen Samhan started this. I need to give her credit. 20 years ago, Helen said that you include us in the white population, but we're not a white population. We have different challenges. We came from different places. Uh, We uh, we have different needs. so uh, Helen put forward um, a petition. She wrote to the census, asking the census to consider that they separate us from the white population. And Helen described it very well by saying at that time, you give us white uh, uh, identity without the white privilege, and and that that's really the core of this. Uh, and we're seeing it now. I've seen the redistricting maps, and because they are including us in the white population, we really have no legal ground to uh, argue for. Uh, unity of or argue for keeping Arab American communities one voice, one district. So Helen was the very first Arab American on uh, the advisory board for the census. Uh, and uh, Helen served there for six, seven years. And then there was a period of interruption where we had no Arab Americans. Um, uh, on the Census um, Bureau Advisory Board, uh, till Obama came in, and they uh, they nominate they put me on uh, on the Census um, uh, Advisory Board, and from day one, my mission was twofold: build coalitions and push for separate. Arab Americans, the only way we could have done this uh, is by aligning ourselves with other groups uh, like the Turks and the Iranians and really push for a MENA category. 
and uh, Middle East, North African, which really the majority are Arab Americans, but under MENA. So uh, we also, the, the other commitment I made to the Latino community, uh, their main concern was that uh, uh, the question asking about Hispanic um, race and ethnicity was a very difficult question to answer. Uh, and it had also implication because the makeup of the Latino community and the Hispanic community is really the same makeup. It's not a race. Uh, it's not a nationality. It's both. It's race and nationality. And for us Arab Americans, from Northern Africa to, to Yemen, to even sub-Saharan uh, uh, populations, Somalis and, and so forth, um, we're not a race. We're not an, one ethnicity. We are both. So the makeup of the two, two communities was the same. And uh, we made, uh, we had long conversation about how do we combine race and ethnicity in one question and, and advocate for this. And we were allies from day one to the Latinos on this one. And that really gained us lot of support from not only Latinos, but Asian Americans and others. And so the big umbrella was combining race and ethnicity in one question. And the second goal was separating MENA, separating Middle East, North African from the white population. We worked on it for six years. And we finally, after uh, the census does these research and, and scientists and measures. And, and in every research and measure, they came back saying, if we separate MENA, we will have more of accurate census. More people will actually respond to the race and ethnicity question than before, because Arab Americans couldn't find or couldn't uh, find themselves in the white population. So they never really answered that question. And, and census lost, uh, lost numbers. Same with Latino organizations. And they were losing on average 5% of the Latino population. And that's losing on average really 5% of the population in the U.S. So uh, um, finally, after six years of debate and research and, uh, and measures uh, and community input, we had a unanimous vote that they should be separated. MENA should be separated. We also had a unanimous vote, vote, uh, vote on uh, combining race and ethnicity. We won on both ends. And then uh, 2016 happened, Trump came in. The first thing he did is to 
um, to um, cancel, to uh, put a stop to this effort, to actually reverse the decision of the census and the consensus. So um, was a, a painful setback after six years. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we did well, our community did well in this fight. We had thousands of people filing comments in support of separate MENA. Um, and I think we laid the ground. We're going to go back to this fight. This is my commitment. I'm going to go back and make sure that we secure this one this time. Have there been any, have been any movement on the side of the Biden administration to restart this process? When he was running, he made a commitment of, uh, of uh, uh, giving the community a separate question on, this, on the census. I mean, you know, uh, the idea here is to be recognized as a minority because of all the reasons that has to do with um, you know our rights and, and, and mm. funding for research projects for uh, civil rights. We are considered white privileged population, so they they have no place for us in terms of the protective status of minorities. Uh, we we can't even file uh, uh, for civil rights uh, uh, violations. And so there, there are no data on us, no data telling uh, what happened to Arab Americans uh, during the last 20 years being targeted by different uh, enforcement agencies. Um, as far as uh, the landscape vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Arab American lobby, and uh, you're very uh, familiar uh, having worked uh, in this uh, uh, field for years, what is the status uh, right now as far as what's going on in Washington, D.C.? And I'm talking specifically, Hassan, the Arab American, not necessarily the Arab yeah. world lobbying. I, I, frankly, Dr. Hassan, we, we really don't have a voice. Uh, we, we, we've gained some Arab Americans in, uh, in, in the new administration. Um, some in key positions, but uh, it, it's uh, frankly it's too little and too fragmented. And, uh, we don't have a national agenda. Uh, we, uh, we we don't have a national strategy as Arab American. We don't have a national policy platform or advocacy platform, um, and that that's the gap. Uh, Dr. Hassan, and that's the gap that we need to focus on. And and also, uh, frankly, the, uh, uh, um, uh, I wonder um, if that uh, if we need to build a pipeline of leadership that that understand that this fight may be uh, a fight for the future. And we need to be able to produce leadership that be on this fight for the long run. So that's a great segue, actually, Hassan. I, you know, really appreciate all your insights. Mm. So how do we how do we uh, develop that next generation of leaders? 
uh, do you have thoughts about a practical approach on how to identify individuals and opportunities and mentees and how do we identify them? How early, you know, who are going to be mentors for those people? We, we do. We do have a plan. And, um, and obviously we're going to, with, with time, expand on, on this concept. But we definitely need to invest in building um, young Arab American leadership. Uh, one of the plans is, uh, you know, we are the only community, all other communities, almost all other communities, uh, Indians, Pakistanis, Muslims, um, uh, obviously Jewish community, and, and historically they've been really first in, in this area. Uh, Asian American, Chinese, they all have leadership uh, development uh, plan, uh, leadership development strategies for young people in their communities. So that includes internship in Washington, D.C. Every summer, they send these up-and-coming leaders from their community and place them in federal government agencies, exposing them to the national scene to national policy to leadership and frankly providing them with all the support we did a quick study dr nabil that uh, on average each of these internship cost five thousand uh, between expenses and housing and and support services uh, we have some seed money we're gonna start this coming summer uh, of sending at least five Arab American up-and-coming leadership. Uh, and obviously, we're going to ask our communities everywhere, give us your best. Give us who you think that um, should be uh, uh, is on track of leadership. Um, and we hoping that we expand on, on this opportunity in the future. What I have in mind also, why, do, why doing it only in Washington? We have some national foundations. We have, we have NPR. We have uh, these uh, media outlets uh, that can also uh, benefit from the leadership that we have in our community and our community can benefit from these opportunities. So even on the state level and on the non-government level, we need to consider where else we can provide opportunities for young Arab Americans. And then after that, why doing it every summer? Why not making it year round? and expose them to all kinds of mentorship, all kinds of experiences, all kinds of projects, even on the local level that build that capacity. So I was, I was, I don't know if you're aware, I was actually a beneficiary. Back in the old days, the ADC used to have congressional internships. Yep. And they would place maybe, when I say maybe half a dozen or so per year for a few years. And I, I was at the lucky time that, hmm. uh, you know, they had that, and I, I worked in the office of Mervyn Dimely, who was a, um, 
representative from California. He was very progressive, you know, great guy. And I actually had the opportunity to do um, position papers on the Middle East and because that was my interest. And so it was, uh, I completely, I think that's a wonderful program and even year long internships so that the, um, uh, the students can have opportunity to really kind of get deeper and understand public policy and, and lobbying and so forth. It's, it's really uh, yeah. great. I appreciate your answer. And he, it takes uh, a lot of work to put together a program like this because, I mean, to me, uh, not only you're trying to identify mentee, but also you would like to be able to find the right mentor. And that right mentor, as you said, could be in the um, domain of politics, maybe in the national uh, nonprofit world, uh, in, uh, maybe in, in law and uh, advocacy okay. group. Uh, so the, the question is really in this case, uh, uh, how can you um, decide that this is relevant to my objective, serving a specific objective? Or, or will you be offering an all-purpose opportunity and then what follows, follows? I, I think, Dr. Hassan, leadership comes in different forms. And, and we need to be flexible. We need to ask, um, what do you need? What do you, what, how can we be of help? And what opportunities are you looking for? And be open that to the fact that leadership comes in really different forms and and can we be creative customizing a program that really fit the needs of uh, and and the style and and the ambition of young people in our community and and tell you this I am so optimistic about the, this coming generation of Arab Americans. They are very impressive. They are conscientious. They are committed. You know, you know Hassan, I was um, going to kind of just make a comment and get your thoughts about it. You know, the term Arab American, and most of us started, whether if it's not us as immigrants, our parents, started as Arabs. And over time, transitioned to being Americans. And, and that transition may sometimes occurs in one generation, but more commonly over two or three generations, right? So in other words, you start as an Arab, you immigrate to the U.S., you have your child. That, that generation may be Arab-American because they're connected to the culture. And, but at the same time, they're getting an American education and American experiences. But then the third generation potentially loses the Arab part. And now is American only, not saying that that's a negative by any means, but their connection is uh, less strong to their heritage and their community. How do you propose, you know, how do we maintain ourselves from becoming part of an assimilation to part of the mosaic in the U.S. so that we retain our slight differences, our, our proud ethnic heritage and so forth? You know, I read this, uh, uh, a, a study, uh, over time study, time study uh, on Mexican uh, immigrants. And, um, and uh, the, the first immigrant uh, generation 
obviously uh, they they stay close to the language and culture and stay together. The second one, under the pressure of assimilation, they tend to separate themselves. They 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 want to be identified. It's strange that the third uh, uh, generation actually go uh, they they go back to uh, uh, to rediscover uh, heritage and their um, uh, culture. And I I I I think that um, it's healthy. It's healthy to uh, to be both. It's healthy to really understand um, uh, what does it mean to be an American, but also um, what does it mean uh, to be Arabs. And, and I, I think our contribution is is uh, uh, giving them something to be proud of being Arabs. Um, uh, and 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 we need to do more than the Arab American National Museum. We really need to do more because we come from a very rich heritage, and we haven't been uplifted. That um, we we need to give it to them. We we need to kind of help them uh, understand what's this. What what's this relationship? What is this affiliation of be? What does it mean to be an Arab? We need to help them in in, in this process, uh, uh, and 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 I think the more we we do on our end to to uh, expose them to the richness, uh, to the fairness, uh, to the sense of justice. Uh, that we stood for as Arab Americans. Um, uh, I think that the, the, the more that we can help them um, deal with this dual identity as much as possible, it's, it's going to continue to be a dual identity. But uh, we need to help them uh, uh, um, navigate this in a in a in a way that give them a confidence in who they are and where they came from you know i really uh, appreciate and I, I i think now maybe recognize more how important and one of the features of our community is that struggle for justice yeah because so many people came from came to the us because of injustice of one sort or another and that is a, a distinguishing factor, like our language, like our yeah. history, like our geography, but also that, that desire for justice, that recognition that there is injustice and that we want to be part of the solution. Because, and, and I think a lot of people really profoundly believe that. I think some, of, some community members try to assimilate honestly and forget that part of it. They yeah. try to be kind of part of the ruling class, although interestingly, they're not. They're, they're mm -hmm. not, regardless of what they say or do, they're really not. And, and they're, they're not recognized as that. You're absolutely right. If you read the history of Arab Americans, if you really read the, 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 uh, the, 
what have if you heard of little Syria and the conditions half of the kids died of sickness these are Lebanese Syrians and other Arabs half of their kids died of sickness and poverty uh, that that's that's our history uh, if you read in in Massachusetts the the the, the uprising of labor the Lawrence riots and, uh, of labors. Uh, the one who died are Arab Americans fighting for uh, labor causes. And, and, and there was this women groups, mostly Syrian Lebanese, uh, that, that formed the, these women were the ones who supplied food and, and support for the strikers. And, uh, this is we're not talking about this history, but and, and, but this is our history, and and it, it's something we need to uplift, and it's really something that for us to be very very proud of, and and we need to continue that that legacy. We need to find a way to be informed, inspired, and build them on that legacy. When it mm -hmm. comes to the Arab American organizations in this mm -hmm. country, and there's so many of them. Have there been any serious attempt to create a Congress of the Arab American organization, a structure of some sort whereby they all get together and, uh, you know, agree on agenda or a program or an initiative of some sort? Not uh, this far. There has been conversations among activists. You know, uh, Access used to sponsor this move conference where you have almost 400 activists coming Arab American activists coming from all over uh, the uh, the United States so, um, it this is where the conversation is our identity as Arab Americans what is our agenda and how can we build capacity behind uh, this agenda. I think the conversation is happening. I really think that we've, since September 11, we've seen a healthy change in terms of building institutions and building capacity and building activism in the community. Uh, that September 11 did not intimidate us. On the contrary, we really have seen movement after movement of engagement and activism. The difficult challenge now, how to take all this energy, how to take all this capacity and, and uh, start scaling up uh, our voice, our presence on the national level. How does it look like? How, uh, who, who can build that voice? And, and how we deal with our diversity and differences. And they, they're going to be there. But how out of all of this richness and diversity will form a common agenda and a common purpose? And, and I, I, I think that, that the debate is, is happening exactly what you 
what you really aspire for us to to look into or and to work towards uh, but it, it uh, we're not there we we it, it's still at the level of conversations we've got the next generation to take the helm yeah you're right This was the conversation at the cafe this time. Please share it, subscribe to the podcast, email your ideas and thoughts to podcasts at arabamericancafe.com or connect with us on Twitter at AACafePodcasts. Podcasts.